0: All right. Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Steve Fredland. And as always, joined by our panel, we have John Somsky, the magnificent one. We have Jim Reed, eh? We got Rob Washam and Mr. Chris Jones uh, joining us tonight. Uh, as always, thanks to our official sponsor, Running Aces, Racetrack, Casino, and Hotel, and our other sponsors, Learn Pro Poker and Website AMP. This is episode 172, and today we're going to talk a little bit about online poker. Is it legal to play in places like Minnesota where it's not legal to operate? Is it risky? Where do you play? What are some strategies? What are some tools you could use? And a bunch of other stuff as well. A couple of things we want to quick make sure you're all aware of. First of all, uh, if you are bored, if you are needing a poker fix, if you want some community... We are doing our, our home games on PokerStars. They're free. They're open to the public. We're calling it our social distancing series. We've been running it every night at 8 o'clock Central since March 17th, I believe. And we'll run it through at least the end of March and we'll kind of reassess. Go to poker slash home game. That'll help you uh, be able to join the club and sign up and join us. It's a great time, super fun. Uh, the second thing we want you to know about is that we have a ton of partnerships with other learning um websites and we have access to their content and you're going to start seeing some things just exploding uh through the membership area if you're not a member get out there check it out you can have it free free for 30 days uh we've got uh, associate we've got the i guess uh, relationships with learn pro poker solve for Y, range trainer pro red chip poker poker fader holtz's poker code elliot rose Masterclass, all of those things And we have the ability to share some of those pieces of content, their premium content with you guys. And we're going to be bleeding that out to our members uh, over the coming months. So seriously, check that out. Uh, We're continuing to add more and more benefits to being a member. So please check those things out. Go to rec.poker for all the details or just get a hold of me. I'll I'll chat with you. I'll chat poker as long as you want. And we can talk about becoming a member uh, as well. So with that, uh, welcome in the panel. And first thing, guys, I just want to talk about a little bit. Uh, pick your brains on what's the deal with online poker. So I think there's a lot of confusion out there. I know I was confused for a long time. Is it legal? Is it not legal? When you're in a state like Minnesota, where you know we hear it's illegal to have online poker, but there's a bunch of people playing online poker for money. What's the deal? And I just want to open it up and uh, maybe John, why don't you first tackle this thing? Like what what is online poker and can I play it or not? What's up?
1: So in the U.S., it is not legal to host and operate a site that promotes online poker. However, in most states, there is no law that prohibits you from actually playing. There is one exception to that, and that is the state of Washington, where the last time I had heard – it was a an actual felony to play poker, play online poker there, uh, but that is the only state where that is true. Everywhere else, it's there. You're not doing anything illegal if you play. The it is definitely a gray area of the the law when Poker Stars and Party Poker were here back uh, pre UIGEA and the uh, early two thousands they all had a tact that said they felt it was not covered by the law and therefore they were not breaking the law. It's not explicitly allowed, but not explicitly prohibited either. Um, So the the gist of it is you kind of have to just be careful on all of these sites because they are operating outside regulation. That means you can't count on the government to actually help you if the site goes under, if the site doesn't have adequate funds. So you need to treat it as though any money you have on any site, uh, that you are just willing to say goodbye to it, that you don't put money in, that you're not willing to lose. I mean, you're, you're going to be gambling for it anyway, so that's a, a good starting point to begin with. But also, as you start winning, don't keep more money on those sites than you're comfortable with. Uh, at any point in time.
0: So when we hear, and and what the perception that I was under for a long time was, oh, it's illegal to play in Minnesota, or it's illegal to to do those things. So I always shied away from playing online because you'd hear about that, but what's illegal in, except for Washington, what's illegal in the U.S. states uh, that aren't already regulated is to operate it. So I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not acting outside of the law if I'm in Minnesota playing for money. It's just that I'm playing on an unregulated site, which introduces a new
1: set of risks. Is that a correct? Correct. Even even in even counting Washington, there has never been a case of a player being brought to court for playing online p- poker. So even though it is illegal in Washington, it still has not never been actually uh, gone to court or been a conviction there
0: okay so so that covers the United States what about like like why is Canada you know G, the Jim Reeds of the world he can out be out there playing this this playing for a million dollars on poker stars it's legal there it's not legal in the u.s is that a regulation thing or is that really just a, it's it's legal to operate in Canada is that the the right terminology
1: yes it Canada has not made it explicitly illegal so the way when all of these poker sites started off they all took the approach that if it's not illegal, they're going to try it and do it. So they went to as many com- countries as possible, and they didn't necessarily look at the, the law structure all that well. Since then, a lot of uh, countries have put legislation in place. That's why you end up with some ring-fenced countries, and you end up with things like PokerStars.fr, where only French people play against mm. each other, or... Other places where only a certain country play against each other, which is really too bad because a big part of what made the online scene so great back in the early 2000s was the global player liquidity. You could not only have the chance of playing with people all over the world, but everyone was in the same player pool, which meant that more a larger variety of stakes, a larger variety of games were available because if you want to sit down and play, you know, no limit deuce to seven single draw, you have to find six other players who are going to be willing to play that with you. And that's much more likely to f- find that the larger the player pool is.
0: So, okay, so sort of sort of country by country has decided to either make it illegal or not. So the default was kind of the wild, wild west. Let's just do it and see what they do. And then countries sort of have to make it explicitly illegal to shut them down. So is that what actually happened in the U S when, when the online uh, poker presence went away, kind of maybe walk us through that a little bit. I know again, a lot of people are probably in my camp. We weren't playing online at the time. We just kind of hear vague, vague references to that drastic day when, site shut down. Was that the day that the government made it illegal, or what actually happened on that day? There were
1: two different things that happened. First is UIGEA. The UIGEA happened in 2006. And what is that? That was the... uh, I cannot remember. uh, It was the Unlawful Internet Gaming Enforcement Act, or something like that. And... What that basically the, did... The
0: Unlawful Internet Game Gambling Enforcement Act. Well done, John. Okay,
1: there you go. Uh, what that did is that said that for any activity which is illegal, doing bank tra- transfers on behalf of that activity was now considered illegal. So it made it illegal for the banks to transfer money for illegal gambling. Now, the interesting thing is that uh, poker stars in full tilt, which continued to operate after UIGEA went into effect, um, were still arguing that online poker was not illegal, therefore, the uh, transfers mm-hmm. were not illegal. UIGEA did not make any form of gambling illegal that was not already illegal prior to that. All it did is it made the uh, bank transfers associated with that gambling illegal. So there's questions on what side of the law it's on, whether it was or wasn't illegal. But at this point, I think it's considered moot and everyone basically acts as it was is, was illegal. So at 2006, a bunch of companies like 888 Poker, uh, Party Poker, exited the country. No, those were mainly the um, sites that were publicly traded. Because they were publicly traded sites like party pokers on the London Stock Exchange, they were no longer able to, um, they didn't feel that it was they could responsibly continue to operate in a gray market like the United States. That's why they left. And that's when Poker Stars basically took over as the world's leading poker venue. And then in 2011, on uh, April 15th, Tax Day, that's when Black Friday hit. And that's when the uh, districts, uh, the United States District Court of New York decided to shut down both Full Tilt. PokerStars, stars and ultimate bet and they actually shut those sites down because they were all operating on dot-com sites they seized the domains and all those sites were shut down worldwide they quickly came back up for non-us players uh, but the both at that point in time neither full tilt nor ultimate bet had enough money to hmm. actually pay players out at that point in time, so that's where poker stars bought full tilt, and people were eventually able to get their uh, money out of full tilt
0: wow and and we're now, who on the panel here was affected by that whether you got your money back eventually or not who was anybody here uh, actually impacted by that?
2: Well, I remember distinctly Black Friday because it was the last day of my honeymoon, and so my wife huh. and I were getting our luggage on the bus and uh it just started raining for the first time the whole the whole trip and it was just like the world was telling us that something wasn't uh wasn't right my phone started blowing up and uh it seemed like it seemed like the the things that you were most worried about happening at that point ended up actually happening um it was easier for me being a canadian my my account was back up uh, pretty quickly and i didn't lose any money on it but I had that same feeling in the moment where it's like, Oh my God, it's this whole thing really coming down. And, uh, hmm. I was lucky being in Canada.
3: Yeah. How about you, Rob? No, I was, uh, I kind of pretty much trimmed off my online poker as soon as party poker left. huh. I played on empire, which was a party poker skin and party poker mainly at that time when they left. And, uh, you know, I was in my late 40s, early 50s by then, so I wasn't really active online. I played a lot online back in the, like, 2002, 2003. I played on Paradise, Planet, Poker, Ultimate Bet. Any poker site that showed up, I would get on there and try it out. But I mainly played on Empire Poker, which was a party poker skin. And, but at the time, I was only playing at night because I was working full-time during the day. Yeah. So I never really made it a career choice or anything. I just, it was a fun thing to do.
0: Okay. So you you had a little bit of money. You probably had a little bit of money on there, but you weren't hugely impacted.
3: Well, when Party Poker left, you could get everything you had. It's not like they were shut down and you couldn't get paid out.
0: But you didn't have anything on Full full Tilt at all or or any of those sites?
3: Well, yeah, I had a little bit on, I played Full Tilt for a while, but I never had any money on it. I think okay. I lost the last time I played. I lost the last of my money, so I didn't. I was going to say,
0: if you're bad enough, yeah, it, exactly. It just course, it just sort of accelerated
3: the process. When I I only had fifty thousand <laughs> in there to start <laughs> right, with, so I right. didn't have a big big bankroll to really do anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't think I ever deposited more than hundred bucks on any site at any yeah. time. You know, yeah. I just it was just a hobby, just yeah. something on the side.
0: For sure. How about you, Chris?
3: Yeah,
4: Same here. I, I mean, I, I didn't, you know, i I'd never had more than and this was a time when I was just, it was just something to do it was something, you know, casual. I just never had more than a 100 bucks on any site. So I really didn't lose that much when it went down. But I was really bummed that it happened. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I remember when it happened. I remember thinking, wow, this is a big shift for um, this country, but or at least in the poker community. Um, but yeah, I didn't really lose that much. So.
0: And how about you, John?
1: I probably had about five to six hundred dollars spread throughout the three sites. I had money on all three sites, and uh, I had just done a withdraw shortly before that, so that was was helpful. And, and I had more money on PokerStars, which I was able to get paid out immediately. And then eventually, uh, I was able to get paid out the other two, but it took a few years for that. Okay.
0: Well, as we as we shift to okay, now the world is what it is now. We've had this this shutdown thing. Uh, sites are still operating, but they're unregulated in a lot of our states. Some states they're fully legal to op, to uh, to operate, and obviously some countries are fully legal to operate. So, I mean, it, just in general, like what are the risks? You know, you mentioned uh, you know the fact that we don't know that they, they could shut down at any other point in time. Are there other You know, as people are going, well, you know, I'm kind of, I'm home now, unfortunately, because of what's going on with the virus. I have more time. I'd like to play poker. I'd like to play online for a little bit of money, but I don't know. I really don't know if this is illegal or not. Well, we've already defined it's not illegal. So don't worry about the illegal piece of it, uh, but there are risks. So what should people be thinking about from a risk perspective about uh, potentially going online?
3: I think John really, when he was... Given his spiel there, that he really outlined it very well. Don't you can't trust having a lot of money on any site today. As in Minnesota, let's just put it in Minnesota. I mean, you know, you go to Pennsylvania, you go to uh, New Jersey, you go to a lot in Nevada. They all have legal online uh, regulate. I should say regulated online poker. And what we're doing is unregulated. So those sites are you're up to their whims. Okay. If they're going to be honest, straightforward and everything, everything's going to be great. You're going to get paid. You're going to be able to have, your money is going to be safe, whatever. But if they choose to one day say, Hey, you know, I got a whole bunch of money here. I could just head off to uh Nicaragua and no one will ever see me again. Then you will be out that money.
0: Yep. That's well said.
1: I think the other thing to keep in mind is <clears throat> just like all things online, there is a constant battle between trying to take advantage of things and protecting against things. So in mo- the most of the world, this is like trying to, to attack a website, get in there and find their information or viruses and antivirus type of thing. <clears throat> in poker, there's the bot versus anti-bot thing. Um, And the smaller the sites, the less uh, resources they're going to have to protect against those types of things. Um, Also, the less, if it's small enough, then there's not enough money or enough play to really draw people to really write a lot of bots. So I tend to want to play a little lower stakes myself. That's just my personal comfort level when I'm playing online, because then at those stakes, it's not going to be that attractive for people to try to run a lot of bots or if they are running bots, they're just going to be so simple that they really aren't going to be much of a threat.
0: Well, so can we, can we just stop for a pause for a second? And, and just this idea of a bot, I don't know that everybody would know. Some people are going to be shaking their head at me. Like Steve, come on, we know what a bot is, but I think some people are gonna be like, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean by bots that are out here?
1: Uh, they are, basically pieces of software that pretend that they're a person playing uh, online poker. Uh, And they've existed for years, as long as poker has existed. Um, Back in the 2000s was, uh, I know I played against a couple of them because I got refunds from sites, Hmm. but they really were not that good. (laughs) These days bots are a lot better than they they used to be.
0: They're programmed Uh, to play like me.
1: Oh, oh, no. Uh, they were better than that. <laughs> but no. Uh, but they, they're really... its I don't want to scare people because I'm not that worried about it. Mm-hmm. But it's something you need to just understand what your own comfort level. And I wouldn't be trying to go and play ultra high level online stakes. Another thing to keep in mind is that the skill level online, because particularly people can play multiple tables, and uh, so the, the stakes level are different. If you go to your uh, brick-and-mortar card room, your lowest stake is typically something like a 1-2 no limit. Well, if you play 1-2 no limit online, that is going to be a very tough game. That's closer to hmm. a 10-20 game that you would be playing in a brick and mortar type of situation. So at one point in time, there was a rule of thumb, like you multiply your stakes by 10. I don't know that there is really a formula that's that accurate, but in general, uh, the stakes, because there are lower stakes online, the equivalent stakes between online and live, it's going to be much tougher online than it is live so you're going to want to play lower stakes online than you do live at least to start off with till you get your feet wet and get comfortable with it
3: so one of the things they talk they talk about is the number of hands that people are able to play and that's where that they improve exponentially online than they do live cuz they're seeing uh-huh. so many more hands they're playing multiple tables they're they're playing at any hour of the day or night and so they're just seeing so many hands that they are that much better than that equivalent level in a live setting.
1: Yeah, Not and we've that, heard that a lot. When,
0: when you go ahead, John.
1: I was going to say, when you get an interesting hand, the great thing about online play is you have all of the data recorded perfectly. You don't have to rely on your memory or try to remember what the stack sizes were or anything like that, because you can get complete hand histories for your online play. So if you run into a situation that is interesting, you just mark that hand and you can go back and review it later. Because, you know, while you're playing uh, 10 times, I mean, you can get like 55 to 60 hands an hour playing a single table at online play and you can play multiple tables at the same time. So some people can get up to 200 hands an hour. If you're playing at a brick and mortar table, you're lucky to be getting 30 hands an hour in. So there is a, just a huge difference between the number of hands. Now, of course, those hands are going by really quick. So the ability to for you to do a lot of introspection while you're doing a lot of multi-tabling online isn't that great i found myself i end up playing a lot more kind of on autopilot which isn't necessarily a good thing but you can take all of that data and review your hands later and you know other people can talk about tools like poker tracker or holding manager that will aggregate this data for you and you can gain a lot of insights into your play uh, that you have that you're not able to gather when you're playing brick and mortar as well as well,
0: yeah, I absolutely. I want to come back to that later and talk about some of the tools that we can use. Uh, this is this is good stuff. I'm kind of curious if there are any other risks. I mean, we've talked about the risk of you know being unregulated and things can just shut down at any point in time. We've got the risk of bots that are out there, which is really, I guess, the risk of playing against machines uh, who could have sort of a GTO sort of strategies. So you're you're playing against you know non humans that might be better than humans. Are there other risks? I mean, I, I think about like, is there, is there a risk of collusion or are we not really worried about that? Or what other risks are there about playing online? Chris, did you have something?
4: Well, I mean, the, the two things I would say is that, yeah, I mean, there have been, I mean, just like there are in the live world too, though. There are these sort of, you know, cheating and collusion scandals where people get God mode and can see all the cards and that kind of thing. And especially with unregulated sites, that's something that you sort of have to at least, you know, just be cognizant of sort of be aware of that it might be a potential possibility it's very rare and it's very unlikely but you know it's possible but i think the bigger uh risk that actually if you're just like saying hey you know now i'm trapped inside i want to play online is the thing that that john mentioned are these and they can be to your advantage but are these these huds and these poker trackers like if you're not aware that those exist and you're and the entire field is playing with them and you're not you're at a, a significant disadvantage compared to you showing up at a live card room and just playing cards um, because your opponents have so much more information. It, those things allow you to track things that the human brain can't really keep track of as well. Um, you know, you get to know what is somebody's three betting frequency? What is their um, You know, you can know, like, what's their fold to a three-bet, what, you know, when they limp, what kind you can learn all these tendencies of players through just all these statistics that they track. And if you're not using those or aware that other people might be using those, uh, you can be at a significant disadvantage to where you might be a very solid player in a live setting.
0: Yeah, I I love that. I know I've seen... Jim's setup and I get dizzy. I'm a math guy like you have so much information about people <laughs> and you can custom and you can sort of custom build these things and show the stats that you want. And so I know Jim, you've got your setup so you can look at both cash and tournaments or whatever, and it's kind of the same numbers. And it is amazing the amount of data. And right now, I just started playing I don't have a HUD, I don't have Poker Tracker Four, I don't have anything. And I you know I am sort of playing knowing full well that people are accumulating data on me and I have nothing. About them, and if I'm multi-tabling, it's pretty hard to keep track of even betting patterns. So I'm not even getting that information about what type of player is this because I'm not really paying enough attention to do that. Unless somebody's really reckless, so that's where the numbers could come in. Is that I don't have to be paying attention. I can look at the numbers and see what kind of player they are uh, when they three bet me. Yeah, that that's super interesting. So we're let's let's talk a little. We'll come again. We'll come back to tools. Let's let's kind of keep uh, providing some context here. Around so, where do you guys play, or if if you're playing, where do you play, or what options are kind of the best options right now, if quote unquote best options for for people to play, Jim?
2: So just to, the last thing to say on that risk to take to segue us into here would be, um, it, it's always going to be a risk playing in unrela- unregulated markets, um, but just use sites where you've gotten a anecdotal evidence from a friend someone who's actually made a successful withdrawal from the site so Mm -hmm. that would be the first the first thing is really obvious talk to someone who plays online poker and say like have you actually made a withdrawal from the site um not a lot of the scammy sites are going to go to the trouble of baiting you in with allowing small withdrawals just to keep you in the system you know they're gonna just take the money and run so um it doesn't mean you have to play with one of the big sites uh, because I think there's a lot, there is a lot of value of finding good tournaments and good cash games on some of the smaller sites and apps, but um, play with one where someone's made a withdrawal and that you can, you can.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. So any, what, uh, not that we're in the business of just recommending where you play online, but uh, what what are some of the sites that you guys have experience over the with, or that you've heard good things about recognizing that past, you know, future performance is not indicative of whatever past results or, you know, we're, we're trying to caveat this thing as much as we can in case things go South. It's not our fault, but we're trying to give as much input as we can. So what do you guys know as far as sites that so far uh, you've had good success with, or that you've heard others have good success with?
3: Well, I've heard, uh, ignition has been a good site. A lot of people play on ignition. Um,
0: Now, Ignition has a, has a few different – no, so can you explain? So Ignition, doesn't that have different – is there different programs associated with
3: that? Well, it was – it used to be Bodog, and then they went to Ignition, I think. But it's called Ignition. If you go on, you can go play online poker at, at Ignition. Okay.
1: And what it is I is uh, worldwide, I think they still use the Bodog um, name, but that is not used in the U.S. at all. They renamed it to Bobada. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and you can still play in the U.S. now under both Bovada and Ignition. Right. Okay. Uh, people like I don't know if
3: you've ever heard of Carlos Welch. He's been on Thinking Poker and whatnot. When he taught, when he plays online, he talks a lot about playing on Ignition or Bovada, and that that is a kind of a unique setup because they don't um, they don't display usernames on their site. So when you log into a tournament, you're a number. So if you're the 117th entry in that tournament, your screen name is gonna be 117. So when you get to like Jim's poker tracking software, he's not gonna be able to track anybody other than for that particular game. So I know that Ignition is is very popular. A lot of people use it. I've never played on it personally, but uh, I've heard it's very, very popular
2: and party poker also has a uh, a feature where huds are not active on their um, online games right now so there it's it's anonymous you can still know who you're playing against and make notes on them but it's not automated uh, through the software and i think on Bovada in the way you're talking about it, i could still track them in that session but right. I wouldn't be able to extrapolate that data from session to session. So I'd still right. be able to tell if what their VPIP was over 100 or 200 hands or something like that. But um, I wouldn't be able to put a file on someone the way I can right. uh, in like Poker Tracker or ACR uh, or stars or ACR. I know if we're not if you're not an American player, Poker Stars is sort of the evil empire, but they are a great. Uh, they've got the best software. They've got the biggest fields. Um, it's where you know you're more likely to. hit hit a huge multiplier binking a tournament for $11 um, just because the fields are so good and the software is good. We use it for our home games, of course, because it's got a really, it's got a great mixed game platform. Um, But it is sort of like, you know, it is, it is the, the big, the big guy in the industry. So if you like rooting for the underdog, uh, there's lots of other places to go play eight, eight, eight poker. Um, ACR is probably my favorite, uh, particularly, uh, if you're in America, it probably, probably be your favorite. Um, they have a rake back program that we've started working with. They also have an elite, um, loyalty program. They have a good mix of cash games, which I like to play at ACR and, uh, pretty, pretty large field tournaments as well. So, um, those are the big ones for me. I, I the HUD is so important to my play that I don't like to play on the uh, Bovada and Party sites as much. So um, ACR with the Rec Rake uh, link, if you want to get in there, use Rec Rink to get a a discount or Rec Elite, and uh, PokerStars, as we say, for all our home games is the best.
0: Yeah, just you know we we can plug that that's, that's fine. I mean, use wherever you want, but yeah, we do have that as- association with ACR until. Yeah, if you, if you sign up as a new member and if you use the code RECELITE, you get some bonuses for how much you play. The REC RAKE gets you 27% of all the RAKE that you pay. You get that back into your account. So it's a nice little perk uh, for, for signing up that way. And that's, that's all I've used as ACR to this point. So I have, I have no comparison, uh, but it's, it's fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm really well, having a good
3: how long, how long have you been playing on online, Steve? Uh, you know, I had
0: an account like years ago and never did oh, anything. With okay. it. I put like forty bucks into it and never did anything with it again. Uh, but now it's been I don't know three days or something.
3: Yeah, I was going to say you're quite a quite an experienced old old hand at this. <laughs> yeah, I've got this.
0: This is why I'm I'm facilitating the discussion and not adding much to it. I'm I'm just kind of learning along with a lot of our listeners at this point. But you know, we've had a number of people sign up for ACR through our through our codes already, because I mean, just right now with the situation in the, in the world, there's a lot of people saying, well, maybe now's the time to try online poker. You know, they, they miss playing. Uh, They like playing for free, our our nightly home game. They like doing that, but it'd be kind of fun to play for money. Just even the 50 cent tournaments are are fun to just kind of play as a way of, of passing time and trying to keep sharp. So uh, I think we're seeing a lot of people trying it like myself for the first time.
2: And I know it sounds nitty, and I hate to be a total shill, but 27% rakeback is actually a pretty good incentive. Like That makes the difference between being a break-even player and a slightly winning player. So if you're going to be putting some volume in over the next little while, I'd take advantage of that.
0: I already have like 32 cents that I can redeem. Oh, crushing the micros, crushing the micros. Steve's rocketing up. I'm up. I'm up like thirty bucks in three days, baby. Playing these fifty cent, dollar fifty ones. I'm ready to go for the big. One, go for the big one, and I got thirty two cents coming back in my rake back. Let's go, baby. Uh yeah. how- for,
1: for those who don't remember, uh, ACR used to be known as Doyle's Room back in the day. Go on. And then once when what? at Black Friday, they changed their name. Doyle. As soon as uh, full tilt and. Poker stars and ultimate bet were taken down. Doyle no longer wanted to be associated with it. So they renamed themselves to America's card. Room.
0: So is that, I had not heard that. I had no idea. So it actually was like the website was Doyle's room. Yep. Wow. I had not heard that. Interesting. Okay. So John, are you actively playing online now and what, what sites are you using if you are?
1: Uh, I don't play. I have a little bit of money on Bovada okay um but I hardly ever play to tell you the honest truth I uh, might mainly play live and of course I've been active with the Rec poker community um, and I also run another little uh, thing with Annie up as well and that's most of the online play I've been doing recently. I used to play a lot I and mean, I've played well over a million hands. Um, it's amazing because I used to keep track of all this stuff. Right. And, uh, at one point I was like, I think $2,000 ahead. So let's say I had won $2,000, but in order to do that, I had put $102,000 of buy-ins through the (laughs) tournaments, you know, to get that $2,000 of profit. It's just amazing. And, you know, I had nowhere near that. Um, uh, I never had more than like five or six hundred dollars uh, in a given site at a given time, but it was just you know the constant churn there. it was mm-hmm. uh, it was a lot of fun.
0: But one of the things that we've talked about, I know one of the early interviews I did with the Vlad Revniaga way early on, and a lot of the pros that we've talked to ever since just say there's no substitute for reps. Like I had a chance to chat with Ryan LaPlante. He was playing out in Vegas and I was covering the event and we were chatting a little bit. And he just kept saying, if you're serious about learning the game, you just have to play online. You just have to get reps. So even though you look at that and say, okay, well, my, I had a 2% ROI over $102,000 of investments or whatever it was. The the experience you got from playing that many hands has to translate into a higher ROI and everything else that you're going to do live or, or whatever.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I was able to... Um I was the type of person that if there was a new type of game, I played it. Yeah. So, you know, I probably played a few hundred heads up tournaments. I played a few hundred sit and goes, and then they had three tables, sit and goes and double or nothing. I mean, all sorts of different <laughs> poker variants. And I tried playing them all.
0: Yeah. And you're our mixed game guy, right? You're the guy that we go to to say, what is deuce to seven single draw? What the heck is that? You're the yeah. guy. well
1: you do you do need to be a little bit careful you might end up like me and be a jack of all trades and master of none (laughs) but uh i do think it's it's good to get a lot of different experiences for sure chris do you play online at all
4: yeah I, i play a little um on america's card room and then i also have um I'm going account with the, uh, you remember how we interviewed the poker guys that they're, they're one of their yeah. sponsors is, is, uh, um, I'll, I'll give a little plug for them. One of their sponsors is nitrogen poker, but if you sign up through their uh, thing, the thing that I can't recommend highly enough is that the last Sunday of every month, they have a tournament, uh, that if you sign up through their link, you can play in it and you can only have access that way. And, uh, it's really good value. Hmm. they play like they get like a hundred buy-ins but the prize pool is like a thousand uh so it's got a it's got a huge overlay um so it's it's well worth the time uh to play
0: it sweet check that out these little these little nuggets that we're all picking up on now yeah i was gonna say john maybe if if you want feel free to give a little bit of a a shout out on your papes uh ante up tournament too. So John, John leads all of our home games. He puts all these together. So all these nightly things that you're seeing now, John's, John's the guy putting that all together, but you've been doing this home game idea, this concept for a while and maybe plug it because there might be people saying, I want more home games. So talk a little bit about what you do for the anti-up Apes thing.
1: Yeah. So, so it actually goes back to uh, black Friday, uh, 2011 The anti-up had a, uh, an ape series, anti-up intercontinental poker series. And they played it on the sixes, the sixth, the sixteenth, and twenty-sixth of every month. Uh, And at this point in time, it was a worldwide thing. We had lots of people playing from Europe, Um, and that way it would rotate the day of the week that it was on, so everyone would get a chance. In case you could never play on Wednesdays or Tuesdays or whatever. And so anyway, we play a we have a main event, and then an hour at six. or at 7.30, and then hour and a half later, this is central time, 7.30 central time. Uh, then an hour and a half later at 9 p.m., we do a second chance, the same thing. And on the 6th, it's always either No Limit Hold'em or Pot Limit Omaha. On the 16th, it's some form of mixed game. And on the 26th, it's some other variant of either Omaha or Hold'em. So so how do they, they,
0: if somebody says, Oh man, that sounds good. I'd love to do that. What, how do they, what's their? how do they connect?
1: (laughs) Uh, you can go to, uh, now I'm trying to remember the name of the site that I paste into my things every week.
2: It's uh, on your Twitter account all the time. Go to yeah. uh, MN Poker. Is it Poker Geek MN or MN Poker Geek?
1: Poker Geek MN.
2: Go, everyone go load up uh, John Somsky's Twitter account uh, with some comments about how he needs to be more prepared for the podcast. Yeah, let's, yeah.
0: Go from, well, let's get yeah. a bunch of followers. all the people I follow <laughs> following Poker Geek <laughs> <laughs> Poker Geek MN on Twitter. Yeah, no, follow I follow him. I know.
1: I was not prepared for this. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. I, we don't. Everybody who's
0: listened to the show for two and a half years knows we don't prepare. We just have a topic and we talk. That's kind of what we do, man. So and, uh, no, I did not prepare uh, John, to talk about that or the uh, whatever else it was that you were talking about. The law from two thousand six. UIGEA.
2: UIGA. The, U-I-G-E-A. the funny, John's like the most prepared guy for this podcast every week. So I can't, I can't resist getting a little needle in there. (laughs) Got to give him a shot. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we, well, we've talked a bit about, so where to play. There's obviously there's a bunch of different options and kind of Jim's, Jim's suggestion earlier, talk to somebody, you know, who's had success, you know, getting money on and getting money off. That's probably the, one of the biggest things. Uh, But you know, the different ones have different advantages. Like Chris's, idea. This one's got, you know, kind of this overlay on Sundays. There's other ones that have If you want the biggest fields possible. You know, you can go to go to, you know, a certain sites. So kind of figure out what it is that you want uh, and then research it a little bit uh, and talk to some folks around you. So, um, you know, we could go for hours and hours on this thing, but I'm kind of curious, like what you guys think about just high level strategies, you know, online versus live. And I guess you can talk about either cash or tournament, but I'm learning a few things as I play that are a little bit different with bet sizing and and some of those things. But, you know, those of you who have more experience playing online and playing live, like what, what sort of adjustments do you need to make or, and, or like, are there characteristics of a player that might be a better online player than a live player? Or uh, what what would you uh, see as the differences there? Chris, did you have something? Uh. Oh, sorry. So, I'll let somebody else go first. Mean, I'm, follow, I'm, well, I'm following the unmutes, and I saw you are unmuted. So sorry. What, one me, thing uh, you
2: can pay—One <laughs> thing you can pay attention to is uh, the kind of tells are are, are very different. Obviously, because you're playing online, but people can develop timing tells, and a lot of sites have a little box where you can click, like automatically fold or check or uh, whatever comes around to you. And one thing that's novel to online play is that people can multi-table. So it's gonna be hard for you to know who these players are unless there's a search for player feature that uh, PokerStars used to have, something like that. They don't have it anymore. But if you can search for that player and see that they're playing six tables or eight tables or something like that, you can take advantage of them with small bet sizes or uh, you know just the idea that someone isn't paying attention. That's not really something that you have to deal with in live play um, as much. But there's definitely gonna be people that, if you know they're not paying attention, a, you can exploit them with small bed sizes or big ones, um, and B, don't try and tell elaborate bluff stories against them because they're not really mm. listening from street to street. So it's in a way, it's sort of a more mathematical game uh, because it's just easy for people to just look down and click something. And so there's there's an edge for you there if you're prepared to find those find those edges.
0: anybody else, Rob or John?
1: There's also a little bit of difference in, um, I'm looking for the right words or the right way to say this, but it's, you're less likely to be embarrassed online. So that means that people might be willing to call, they aren't as worried about uh, being put out of it. Uh, hmm. tournament because they can just sign up for another one there are many more tournaments available online so it's not as people don't necessarily hold on to their tournament life as much your chip stacks tend to start a little bit smaller online than they do in live tournaments although you get more hands so i think you get about the same amount of play maybe even more play on some online tournaments depending um, but they're your bluffs aren't necessarily going to work quite the same as they do. There's just a little different feel with people playing online than playing live. Hmm. One, uh, go ahead,
4: one, Chris. Oh, good. Yeah, one thing I, I I do think is that I would add, even though I don't play that often online, but I think the 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 rebuy factor online is even like bigger even though there's like tournaments you play uh in a live cash room where you're you have unlimited rebuys i think um some of these they they allow rebuys up through you know s- you know some of them like 25 30 levels um hours into the tournament and um, people know that they need to have gigantic stacks, so um, there's a little bit more of that, especially among people who might be trying to win it. Like, you know, that's fine. I'm just going to gamble here. Like, yeah. they'll just take their gambling spots and hopefully they get a pile of chips. But if they don't find, they'll rebuy again. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think that's a big factor, and you have to you have to really pay attention to those to those sort of structures and those levels and how is this one that is sort of unlimited ri- rebuy through 30 levels? Okay, well, you better be prepared that people are going to be both coming at your stack really and calling light potentially um, and also that you're going to probably need to chip up a lot as well in order to actually survive all that time period.
2: And, and you're going to be playing in much larger field tournaments than you're used to playing live. <laughs> and so it's just all the stages of the tournament are the same, but you're in the stages for longer. And there's just more hands that you have the opportunity to screw up, frankly. Like a lot of these ones end up being a real marathon of just how, how few errors can I make? And so um, it, it also means that you, you have to get way more chips just absolutely you have to have more chips in your stack by the end to be able to play a role. And so uh, there's a small ball and a big ball way of looking at that, but in a way you have to sort of take spots in a, in a large field MTT that you might be able to pass up in a smaller field MTT, because you just can't, you're going to need more chips. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And there isn't uh, there isn't necessarily the same amount of time to get them um, when you, when you, when you look at, at how that goes.
0: Well, any other strategic uh, differences that you guys see? Otherwise, let's shift gears a little bit. I just want to talk, I know we're starting to wind down, but I want to talk a little bit about something we've already touched on a bit, which is these tools that are available as an online player, at least in some of the sites. So it sounds like I wasn't aware of that. Some of the sites, uh, you can use them, but really only for that session. They're not going to uh, be able to carry over from one to the other because you're not really. it's not really linked to an ID uh, that's traceable. Some you can't use at all. And then others, which I've seen quite a bit on ACR at least, are these tools that you can use to actually uh, get stats about your own play, as well as stats about opponent's play. These things called as HUDs, Um, you know, who wants to explain what a HUD is? And then we'll ask, you know, kind of what are there other tools that that we should be at least aware of if we want to enter the online world?
2: So HUD is just an acronym for a heads-up display, an HUD, and it shows you information about every player on the table superimposed on your screen above the play. So you can set it to have whatever stats you want to track about that opponent and yourself, and it's valuable because it can tell you at a glance um, insightful stats about that player, and also it can tell you how the rest of the player sees you. Um, because if you've been on a hot streak for the last 20 hands and they're your first 20 at the table and you've had big hands every time, you're going to look like a maniac to them mm-hmm. if they're keeping track of that sort of thing. Um, so that's a nice little added benefit of that. Um, Poker Tracker 4 is is kind of universally agreed to be the nuts for this. It's a mix of a heads-up display and a tracking database. And so really, that I mean, the heads up's fantastic because you can edit it. You can add stats you can change the color features you can add notes that you want to track and that kind of thing but the real the real values in the database and the query system and being able to filter your own hands and i'm sure john can talk about once you've got a big data set like half a million a million hands something like that you can really get some very precise information about your own game the ways you're making problems your leaks and ways that you can tighten that up
0: I know Taylor is showing some of his data and like he can look, you know, by position, what's his average big blind, you know, plus or minus and kind of look at that stuff was fascinating to look at that stuff. And I know there's coaches out there, even if you're, you're not planning on doing big coaching with like a Ryan LaPlante where you can just send them their da- your database and they just do an analysis of your database and tell you where you're probably, they don't even have to really watch you play and they can tell you where your leaks probably are.
2: Right. It's it's a as Taylor Mass is so fond of saying, it's a game about information. And uh, you know, this film don't lie, tape don't lie. And if you can look at the numbers <laughs> here, this tells you. Like, if you have a big enough data set, you can tell a lot about uh, about about players. And and even even with a HUD, like um, y- even if you just want to have a heads up display and not worry about the data set, if you're playing against cash cash game players, where you get a lot more stats because you're playing against the same people more often. Um, you know, you you can get some pretty sophisticated information about them just at a glance that'll help you.
0: Awesome. From your other guys, anything to add about HUDs? Are there other tools that we should be be aware of?
3: I used to use uh, the HUDs like John was talking about. I think I had Poker Tracker 1 way back in uh, (laughs) the early 2000s, and I think I had five hundred to 750,000 hands on it. I was playing mainly uh, Limit. You know, fifty-cent, dollar limit games. But it was just amazing to be able to take that database, and you, when you're playing the same limits all the time, you're playing against the same players all the time. So you see the, you know, you can see how many hands you've had against. I mean, there's people that I had twenty-five thousand hands with. Wow. The same person. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. you know what this guy is going to do, and if he doesn't have a HUD or if he doesn't have have a poker tracker, he doesn't know what you're gonna do. So it it there is some really, really huge advantages to using them. I don't use it today on ACR because I think I deposited like $25 four years ago. (laughs) I have sixty dollars today, you know, that's how much I play. Yeah. Uh, So I don't really I'm not that involved in the online scene today. So I'm not I'm not gonna go out and buy a poker tracker for my sixty dollar ACR account. Well, once, you get,
0: once you get that retirement age, once you, uh, once you uh, move into that stage. Oh, I've already hit the retirement well, age. I know. It's actually
3: <laughs> retiring that you have to
0: do. Once you hit 95 when you're going to retire, Rob, then you could have all kinds of time for online. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I'll save up my... That's only like two years job.
1: away, right? I mean, you're, you're almost there. <laughs> John,
0: did you have something to add there?
1: Well, I was just going to add in, you know, if, if the idea of HUDs intimidate you, then you can start off playing at a place like Bovada that uh, does the anonymized tables. And another thing that is different, if you are interested in cash games, uh, most sites have a fast fold variant of the cash games. It's called Zoom on Poker PokerStars. Um, and what that does is as soon as you fold, you're immediately moved to another table, <laughs> which means you're, you're not going to be playing with the same people all of the time but you'll be the same you know, player pool of maybe like 200 players. And as soon as you, they get 10 people who've folded their hands, they start up another table and there you are playing again. But that means that you can just be playing one table and basically be in almost constant action without me- take, needing to take many breaks. So if you really want to focus for a little while, that's uh, a fun way to do that.
0: And just
2: just think about the strategic uh, fallout from that, of course, because people end up putting up a few tables of Zoom play and they just click fold every time it's not jacks or better. Uh, So you end up because people, you know, no longer have to sit there and wait for mediocre hands to play out. They just get to skip and move on to the next one. So um, it's a great way to get a high volume of hands in. Ah, uh, but just think about if, if try and pay attention. If you're in one with not so large a field of players, try and pay attention to which ones are in there a lot and are playing multiple tables because they're just going. They're definitely going to have a tighter range than the people that are in there just having fun. Uh,
0: I want to try to do that in a live setting with like five tables. Um where <laughs> as soon as you fold, you run to the, the open table <laughs> and fold run to the open table they play a hand and then there's another open table right and you, you alls yeah. the <laughs> experimented
1: runner. with that at aria uh they put oh seriously two two dealers at a table and you'd they'd be playing two hands at the same time uh so uh you'd be in constant action i think sometimes like one hand might be omaha and the other hold them or something oh no like that. but it was just uh i went <laughs> out there and i never had enough guts to sit down at it the stakes yeah. were a little higher than i was comfortable uh playing but i wanted to try that out just to say i did but i yeah, would be interesting i, I watched it i was watching uh michael mcrock michael mizrocki yeah was uh playing at one of the tables and i was watching him do that
0: that's pretty cool chris did you have something to add there i was just gonna say that uh, acr has a version
4: of that that's if you're just a tournament player that's kind of tournament style Mm -hmm. so it's it's uh you get a certain number of chips uh to start i forget what the number is but it's you know maybe like 700 chips and you have to earn your way up to 5,000 or bust basically Hmm. but you can jump in for like 30 cents or 25 cents or something and you just are basically playing tournament style and you earn chips and you just keep moving between table and table and table. And it's a good way to get a lot of uh hands in if you're sort of interested in that.
3: Well let's yeah, to let's you hit once you hit five thousand you went a step to the next level. Right. You went a tournament ticket, a tournament yeah a tournament ticket to the next step level okay once you get to five thousand, yeah once you get to five thousand you get that ticket and then whatever you have over five thousand is still in your stack and you just keep on going and if you get another five thousand then you get another ticket and just keep on going Hmm. Kind of a weird thing. I try yeah, and, I've I seen try those things out there.
0: The I'm thing. like, I don't. I got lost in what, <laughs> what, what what it was. Like, what is happening? What am I gonna do? Oh, give me a six person sit and go. I'm good. <laughs>
2: give me uh, the a lot of people. sites. <laughs> a lot of sites are experimenting with different yeah new ways to play poker and short deck poker and uh, uh, sort of combining sort of like poker and the lottery. <laughs> there's a lot of yeah. Uh, there's some like sports betting uh, affiliated sites that are. You know, I think we we all know that poker is a skill game and that the better players are going to win it in the long run. Um, but it's interesting to see the sites kind of try and develop some more kind of gimmicky aspects to get people involved. And there's definitely an edge in those games for the people that first get in there and learn how to play it. They'll always have an advantage over the next people coming along. So if you're looking for fun, um you know there's nothing wrong with trying out some of those other fun uh fun versions as well it's not strictly poker but uh well i even noticed um,
0: i I won 18 bucks and then something immediately popped up do you want to go double or nothing you want to gamble double or nothing on like some random number generator like i don't know what that was but like oh you know so they're trying to you're mixing that in with the poker saying you know if you're just sort of just want to gamble you just want to go double or nothing uh, I'm like no, but because <laughs> that, that's where I would worry about things being fixed. Now I'm not saying they are, but that's where I'd worry about a, even more than just you know playing a card game. I'd feel like, well, this could be set at 44 percent or something. You know, I don't know, uh, <laughs> but anyway. So they're they're mixing a different thing. So let's 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 uh, kind of close up here with like how do uh, how do you get involved and how do you get started? I, you know, we talked a little bit about. You know, we do have this rec poker stuff with ACR. You can do rec elite, you can do rec rake uh, to get some get some awards, get some rake back on ACR. But you know, that's just that's the one site that we're affiliated with. There's other options that we've talked about already. Uh, we do have uh, if you are playing ACR. I know Taylor created a a brief video, kind of an overview of ACR. That kind of you know where do you find the tournaments? Where do you find those different things? That's out on our YouTube channel. Uh, talk a little bit about. Um, what well, you guys have planned for next Monday night for members? There's there's something that you guys have planned for that gym or or whoever else is yeah. involved. With that. talk a little bit about what that is.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So um, some of us play online a fair bit. Taylor plays a lot. Taylor can't always make it to the podcast because of the scheduling. So uh, next Monday on the March 30th at 8 o'clock Central Time, if you're a member, we'll put a link out in the in the uh, forum there. Come join us. We're going to be having a, a conversation strictly about Getting started in online poker, the tools you can use, the resources available to make that uh, journey easier, more fun and more profitable for you. And we're going to be screen sharing in this uh, video chat format. So you can look right at our own poker tracker for database you can look at our HUDs you can look at the other tools that we use to uh, to profit from playing online poker and having a good time doing it and that's open for all the members at rec.poker so um, look for a link there join for free it's a, there's a there's a 30 day free trial membership so just sign up for a month if you don't find that it's worth the ten dollars per month, Uh, you know I think you're crazy but go with God (laughs) Uh, but in the meantime come on Monday night and uh, check out this online poker uh, conversation and you'll learn something that makes uh, you a better online poker
0: player. So members can join that and actually interact live ask questions as they go and if you're not able to make it if you're a member you'll get a recorded version of that later so either way you'll you can benefit from that.
2: uh We're also gonna we're just gonna try and use that as part of this transition into um, working with these online lurking learning partners so Uh, getting some content from people like solve for why and learn pro poker and all these other great partners. um, It's going to be a great way to get more involved with them.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a great, a great perk. Uh, Anything else from anybody as far as advice you'd have for people saying, yeah, I think I, I think I want to give this a shot. Uh, Any other advice that you would have for folks?
2: Plan for some study time. Don't don't plan on just getting your thinking done on the table like you can live because uh, you only have you know 15 seconds per hand. So um, you're going to get more hands in in a given week, but make sure you're putting in an hour or two every once in a while to just review your data, think about your ranges. Um, you don't want to be making decisions in the moment on the table. You want to have a lot of that stuff sort of internalized already. So spend some time in the lab. That would be some good advice.
3: Another thing is uh, if you want to try to get money onto a site, Sometimes it's not as easy as uh, just sticking a credit card in there. They have, uh, A lot of the sites will use Bitcoin. So that's one way of getting money into the site. Another popular way is to find somebody that you trust that has money on one of these sites and you send them money either like Venmo or PayPal or something like that. And then they can transfer money onto your account on that site. So, um, Again, I caveat, make sure you know the person and trust them, but it is an, a good way of getting money onto the site to get started.
1: Yeah, I, I want to reiterate what Rob said there. There are a lot of uh, known scammers who will, you know, you, you give them your the PayPal and they don't give you the chips on the site. So make sure it is someone that you trust, but that is a good way to, to do that. Also, just start small you know don't put as much money it's a new experience if you're not used to playing online start smaller than you you typically are used to until you get your feet wet until you're used to it and make sure you're comfortable with it and again I want to just reiterate, don't put money there that you can't afford to lose. You shouldn't be playing poker with that anyway. But with this, it's even more at risk. You're not worried about going out to running aces and having them just all of a sudden take all of your chips off the table and not pay you back. Hmm. And that has happened with several small sites online. So it it. With the ones that we're recommending, we don't believe that it's going to happen. They have a good history of playing people out, but it's all up to what your risk tolerance is.
0: All right. Yeah, great great final words. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, so we'll wrap up that conversation there. A few things as we as we close. This is the, the sad part of the program where we normally would give out our running aces players of the week. Uh, we give out the we, we congratulate people who had those live binks in the different casinos. Uh, unfortunately, we're in a place right now where there are no running aces players of the week. There are no live binks to report, even though Rec Poker Nation is doing great online. We're having all kinds of cool stuff there. Uh, unfortunately, we're we're at a player, place right now where we can't celebrate uh, folks who are getting binks uh, at casinos. Obviously, because they're all they're all closed up. Um, for the for the virus threat. Uh, We do have a few other updates that we really do want you to know about. So if you could just hang with us for a few more minutes. Uh, John, why don't you give us an update on uh, what's going on with the home game uh, and the social distancing series? And John, John is muted right now. Uh, this is, uh, we've apparently reached the end of our time with John. John sort of has this, we have a contract with John. He says once an hour is up, an hour's up. Like, I, I'm so sick of you guys continuing to make me go on and on. So he's apparently just muted. So it was a good run with John.
1: You know, I think that's the third third week in a row I have made that exact same mistake I'm sitting here (laughs) talking about them no one can hear me uh and I know you probably all prefer it that way but it's not very efficient (laughs) anyway
0: our next uh next next time I'm just gonna pretend I'm you I'm just gonna start talking like you I don't know how that would sound (laughs) but I'm gonna pretend I'm you I think
1: (laughs) you know probably everyone would prefer that (laughs) yeah Um, I don't think so (laughs) on both of our parts actually (laughs) (laughs) um So our next game is No Limit Hold'em on April 1st. Our mixed game is going to be Limit Hold'em on April 8th. And those count towards our Player of the Year uh, points races. And then we have our social distancing series, and we've had a few of those. March 17th, Badlands, Tim Carroll won. On March 18th, IBKWDYA, also known as David Bear, won. On March nineteenth and March 22nd, yes. Hurricane 1K, James Portugal won. On March 20th, you know, there were so many people wanting to play rec poker. It brought the whole Poker Star <laughs> yep, site down. The down. And they had to cancel the tournament.
0: Sorry guys. And
1: on March 21st, Shorzy00, also known as Ben. Gurs, I hope I got that right. I, I've said it G-E-U-R-S. different every time. We
0: are <laughs> asked. You know, we've all met. We, we met Ben at the the Oodipals meet and greet. Fantastic dude. He told me his name, and I keep thinking, is it Gurs? Is it Gears? Is it Gurs? Said, Sorry, Ben. Uh, fantastic dude. But uh, I, I, was, I, love- I was I was I was going to bail you out there. I was going to let you just try to.
1: I yeah, sure. no offense met needed. Right. Lots of people missed <laughs> up but, uh pronounced my name all the time, but anyway, we're having a great time. We're going to be having this through the end of March. Be sure you come out and join us there.
0: Yeah, great and, time. And I've
2: been I've been having such a good time chatting. Like I, I recognize everyone's name on here from being on the table with them. We've had some fun chats and we've been like, you know, ribbing each other and and encouraging each other as we go. So it's uh it's just so much more fun when you actually have a relationship with the people you're playing with.
0: And John and I have been putting together so that of little by little we're putting together an alias list of what what people's screen name is and what their real name is. Every time I'm at a, I'm at a table, I'm like, "Who is Jib? <laughs> Who is this person <laughs> trying to figure it out?" So we're piecing those those things together little by little. <laughs> All right, Chris, what what do you got for us?
4: Oh uh, yeah, so membership content. Um... We're wrapping up um, our March content, which is on opponent ranging and player typing on Wednesday, Uh, the coming Wednesday at 8 p.m., March 25th. We'll have our our member discussion um, hour where we'll be talking about those things. And it's really open for anybody to just come and ask questions. We'll have a really good, uh conversation to try to wrap up march and then we're gearing up for april which is going to be all about odds um equity stack to pot ratio and bet sizing kind of the the nuts and bolts the math of the game we're going to be talking about a lot of the the ins and outs and some of the basics of that um which will help uh build on some discussions we're going to have later on for members so that'll be coming in april
0: Yeah, looking forward to that. That's going to be absolutely fantastic. So with that, just check out Rec.Poker. We have so much stuff out there. Uh, Fantastic. Go out there, sign up for the newsletter. That's a great way to stay plugged in with kind of the most recent things going on. But but thanks to our panel. Thanks, Rob, John, Chris, Jim. Uh, Awesome job. Uh, I love learning from all of you guys. Next week, uh, we're excited. We've got Elliot Rowe uh, scheduled to be in the house. Uh, Mindset coach. Uh, Can't wait to have him sort of Figure out what's wrong with Rob. I mean, that's kind of going to be. Oh, did I say that out loud? My bad, Rob. <laughs> We're going to have him figure that out. But no, he's he's fantastic thinker. Uh, he's going to be a great guy to interview. I'm just really excited to, to chat with him. Um, so stay tuned here at the end of uh, the close. We got all of our final announcements in a pre-recorded format to save you, save me a little bit of breath every week. But just have a great week uh, on and off the felt, and uh, we'll chat with you guys later. Welcome to the announcements section for the Rec Poker Podcast. You're gonna hear all about our free stuff, how you can support us, the products available for purchase, products from our affiliates, how to connect further, and how to reach us. There are five main ways to engage for free. You can play our PokerStars home games the first and second Wednesday of every month at eight o'clock Central Time. You can join us on Discord for all kinds of great conversation and virtual railing. We have the Facebook group that's always open for discussion. You can follow us on Twitter, at rec poker, where we have all kinds of cool stuff posted and we keep you you up to speed on everything going on. And you can join our email list to get our weekly newsletter, Twerp, This Week in Rec Poker. There are also five ways that you can support us. You can support us on Patreon for as low as $1 a month, and it'll give you a chance to sit in on the podcast. You can like, rate, review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you hear the podcast. You can share, retweet, comment on Facebook and Twitter. You can rep the brand, we got merchandise available. And most of all, you can let other people know about us. There are five main Rec Poker products currently available to purchase. You can get a membership for $10 a month or $100 a year to get access to all of our content and our other discussions. You can join the Bar League community, which is $300 a year, but only $100 a year if you join by March 31st. You can become part of the home game community, which is $100 a year, but only $40 a year if you join by March 31st. You can submit videos for analysis by your choice of coaches, or you can get personal one-on-one coaching with your choice of coaches. We are currently building up our affiliate program, and right now, we are an affiliate for Learn Pro Poker. You can use our code and get some discounts and special deals. Go to rec.poker and look for Learn Pro Poker. If you want to connect further and engage more deeply, you can do so by becoming an ambassador by representing Rec Poker in a specific area. You can become an affiliate, which helps spread the word and sell products. You can become a champion, where you promote the brand, you wear the merch, you're active on social media, and you have a chance to refer products for a commission. Or you can be just a friend of Rec Poker and help us spread the word that way. You can also become a sponsor of the podcast, some of our events, or all things Rec Poker. There's several ways that you can reach out to contact us if you need to. rec.poker, Discord, email newsletter twerp, Facebook, Twitter, but you can get all the information at rec.poker or just email me, steve, at rec.poker. Thanks once again to our official sponsor, Running Aces Racetrack Casino and Hotel, who has supported us since episode number one. Also thanks to Learn Pro Poker and Website Amp. Make it a great week, everybody.